A horrific sell-off on Wall Street, ladies and gentlemen. Today, it's Wednesday, February 21st, 2023, and we saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average down almost 700 points. Almost 90% of the entire S&P 500 was down. The VIX has popped to 23. Things are looking dire. They're not looking good, but we're here to break it down for you in this special report, Markets in Turmoil. Welcome, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell. I am your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. (laughs) And, Toby, you and I have been talking nonstop. We weren't even scheduled to do this show today. We knew that we had to do something. This is the biggest sell-off, biggest selling day of the year so far. Mm -hmm. So we knew we had to do something to help the audience. But I have to say, we've been talking about things being bad. January, we saw actually things quite good. And we had strategists on this show that talked about that this was going to be a great year. What gives though, Toby? We had some selling last week and now we're seeing it today. What do you think? Well, I mean, again, let's put this in context. Okay. So we come into the end of the year. We have a a, a horrible year last year for many people who who were were not following transformative research, of course, uh, since we were up 78%. Nice. And uh, they got, we got into January and just like J.C. Peretz and just like uh, our friend from the um, the Almanac. Sam? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeffrey Hurst, Sam, Sam Stone, you know, all of them. Uh, people had sold a lot of stuff, meant they had a lot of cash. You know, yep. the technical term is oversold. I mean, you, there was nobody left to sell anything, right, because of, of tax loss selling. And yeah. um, we got into, you know, we got the five-day uh, Santa rally, like Mr. Hirsch said, and then we got the first, you know, five or eight trading days of January up. And the algorithms, you know, remember uh, yesterday, the entire trade Trading of the New York Stock Exchange was about 82% robotic, in other words, computer driven, right? So oversold. And then people are like, like, I don't know, it's like sniffing glue or something that, you know, when the Fed would come out and say, you know, Jim. Bullard, for instance, from the St. Louis Fed, comes out and says, you know, read my lips, look in my eyes. The only way we would get six and seven and eight and then 9% inflation down to the 2% target, which by the way, as I've said forever, they're in a box. They can't just change the field goal, you know, the the, the goalposts here and say, right. oh, did we say 2%? We meant 3%. It, they can't do that because the bond market then shits the bed. That's a technical term. And when, <laughs> when the bond market shits the bed, that means interest rates go significantly higher people are selling bonds yeah then you actually do get the recession uh because rates you know go go crazy crazy so they can't lose control they got to keep control of this so blah 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 we have this and we hit all like you know check boxes for a you know trash is is cash or cash to trash uh rally yeah okay then for some reason matter of fact david kelly i love it at the JP Morgan Asset Management, he, he uses the term, this is just another leg in the perfect weirdness post-pandemic world. Um, and, and, and I love that because there's nothing here. I was looking at, I had a list here. I mean, there's nothing here in the last 18 months that's ever happened before. We're in completely different, you know, new territory. And so, yeah, the technicals is the only thing anybody's been following because it's the only thing that, you know, work when we got a broad rally and certain, you know, uh, strength measurements yeah. hit certain numbers and Chris Rowe had those and and uh, J.C. Peretz, the algos yeah. are buying this stuff. They don't care whether Jim, you know, the Fed has to raise rates above six percent to actually do anything against this inflation. But finally, now we have the new idea. It's the remember it was hard landing. No, no, it's going to be a soft landing. Now we have the no landing scenario, and the no landing scenario is, hmm, you know what? Uh, 
what happens if uh, you know we had 500,000 jobs created in January? Oh, actually, we had 517,000 jobs created. What happens if uh, interest rates have not slowed down anything and uh, we're not at a point other than in housing that yeah. the economy is, has any chance of coming down, which means that we have no chance of bringing inflation down to two percent until we you know amp up the medicine. If the patient's not taking it with two doses, then you know you got to give them four doses, right? And that's and then, I mean the narrative just shifts like that, Todd. I, I I don't think I've ever quite seen it like that. Yeah, For three weeks it was we're going to cut the Fed's going to end in uh, March, maybe June at the latest. They're going to start cutting in September, October, and so we need to pre-anticipate this uh, and be long. And then of course, so by the way, Tesla runs. 65% in six weeks. Boy, am I pissed. I didn't have any options on that one. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, all the stuff that was cratered came back. Well, that's the classic dash for for <laughs> dash for uh, a trash. Um, yeah. And boom. And then FOMO hits. Now, all of a sudden, you know, the market's up 7% in January. And if you're a you know investment manager and you're not up 7% or you're, you know, flat, and now you're, all right, I can't take the pain any longer. So they're just buying, all right, tell me what the 10 stocks that went up the most, buy those for me now, which then becomes yeah. this feedback loop, right? So all of a sudden, it just gets me, just all of a sudden, people are, well, you know, with that 517,000 jobs and then the hot inflation report and then the crappy numbers out of out of Home Depot and, you know, other, maybe they're going to have to raise rates. Right, right. And yeah. here's the thing. When we were, we had the show with Jeffrey Hirsch and Sam Stovall and we were celebrating that they were, they had nailed with the, they nailed their, their forecast with the January barometer. They had yeah. the trifecta. Everything's looking bullish. And I brought up on the show, it just seems too easy. It mm. just can't can't be that easy. And here you had the Fed meet and there was almost like they were kind of swayed with public opinion thinking, oh yeah, we're just going to do the 25 basis points. Here you have Goldman Sachs today coming out saying, yeah, they're going to hike 25 basis points at the next meeting in March, but they're also looking at two more 25 basis point hikes. Yeah. You're looking at 75 total. And then they came out and said, there will not be a rate cut in 2024. And I think you nailed it, Toby, when you talked about how how does anyone possibly believe that there there will be a rate cut at the end of this year? It's almost it's almost irresponsible for anybody who is a Wall Street professional to come out and simply forecast something without really having any clear evidence. And you are right; there's no historical data here for any of us to prove that the thesis is going to come true. Yeah, I I call it I'm calling it the Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, for those of you in the audience who don't remember Rodney Dangerfield, he's a guy who, you know. Caddyshack and his eyes bow. He says, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I get no respect at all. Right? The, the, uh, particularly Bullard, you know, who's a hawk you know, on the Fed side, who's a realist. I would just, I would call him a realist uh, and probably, yeah. his, you know, a historian that, that seems like the other guys, you know, seem to have missed the, the early 80s in the late 70s. Yeah. Um, my Lord, I, I was looking at this list, Todd. Uh, David Kelly, I love to say the legacy of weirdness. Uh, and he's right. I mean, well, first off, you know, many millions die disabled, quit the workforce. That hadn't happened since World War II. Had the largest yeah. military invasion of a European nation since, you know, World War II. Right. We got Russian supply lines. You got 568 million, you know, Europeans afraid they're going to freeze to death. So we buy every LNG, you know, tanker they can possibly get and rent and so on and so forth. And then they get a mild winter, right? Uh, you know, China closes <laughs> its economy down to the 15 largest cities. No one's ever yeah. done that before. No one's just, you know, it's like no one's no one closes the city. This is like Seinfeld. Nobody does that. Yeah. Nobody yeah. does that. 
uh, and then you know, boom, we hit we we dumped twenty six trillion dollars, yeah, European euros, dollars, mm-hmm. marks, into the economy. And what did you know? And Larry Summers was absolutely right. The economist, famed economist, the Nobel Prize winner, maybe he's smart after all. When he was one of the only guys saying, "Hey guys, you can't do that. You're going to get you know historic inflation by putting historic cash money into the system. It's got to go somewhere." And boom, it went into stocks and went into meme stocks. It went into crypto. That's got to come down. Then we have this, you know, the Fed is actually stimulating our economy until June of last year. That's only when they stopped. Right. You know, so now you've got trillions. If you look at the charts today from the World Bank, there's... You know, we put 26 trillion in. Guess what's happening? We're starting to take 26 trillion out. You know, it's called liquidity. Um, Mm -hmm. And stock markets do not like it when cash money is going out out of the market. So, you know, add it all up. And and then and then the no landing. I just I just love it. Uh, Hang on. Let me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Did you think about that? I mean. Right. You, you yelled and screamed that the Fed was you know, crushing America and you're taking We haven't lost jobs. We, we made four million jobs. Yeah. I mean, it, so it, it is weird, but it was just weird to me that every, that just, you know, many people disregard the, the Fed and Jay Powell, by the way, as I've said many times, a history major in college who remembers started the same time I started uh, in 1981. Remembers what it was like to have 14% inflation. He remembers what it was like, you know, to to have prices go up every day. It was before you had digital pricing. The people had to go. I worked in a supermarket. You had to go to the supermarket, change the price on the little thing on the front of it. I mean, we wouldn't put right. prices on food because it right. was going to change, well, you know, the next week. So right. this is weirdness. And what was really weird was that somehow people talked themselves into this idea. And then the algos. Remember, as soon as you know, we hit all like the first five days and all the algorithmic traders all were running on the on Hirsch's uh, program. Uh, and uh, historically, historically, the, the, the market doesn't bottom until the Fed stops raising. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to have a big rally and change that history. It's never uh, in these hype. It's never been different. It all, The market stops when they see the whites of the eyes of the yeah. Fed stopping. And why people thought it was different is I just think it's it's naivete. It's a bunch of FOMO, YOLO, HOMO, ROMO, you know, traders. Yeah. And, you know, so what's going to happen? We you know what happens. We're going to retest the support that we had in the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to Mike Wilson at, uh, at JP Morgan, uh, he says he says we're back to 3,200. Well, I, I don't know if I can go that way, but I can certainly you know, prophesize that we're going to retest those bottoms, certainly. And then when we get to 6% or darn near to it, 5.75 to 6%, then the yelling and screaming is really good. The whale is going to hit W-A-I-L, whale. And uh, the housing sales, bleh, well, that's 14% of the, you know, GDP. And But it's the only way you get service inflation down. Yeah. Service wages are up 9.5% year over year. You know, here in Scottsdale, which is... Uh, uh, significantly warmer than Buffalo, but yet again, Todd, every place else in the world is too warmer than Buffalo. Right. True. Um, so true. Yeah. Uh, we we went from the average wage of 14 bucks for some of the uh, service work to now $21. Now, I, I don't know if you knew that math, but uh, multiply that out. And what happened to the food prices, man? My little favorite uh, you know, place across the street down here, all of a sudden, the sandwich that I was you'd love to get for $8 is now $12. Blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. we have to take the pain. The Fed knows what they have to do. You as investors have to expect that they're going to keep raising until you, we actually get inflation 
below at least 4%. And that's not going to happen because the way we figure CPI and PCE inflation rates, it is year over year. So it's not even yeah. until October, you know, that shelter prices could come to <clears throat> right. I'll stop now. The, no, but the, the biggest the biggest thing that I thought was confusing was the Wall Street financial press today was actually trying to find, they were digging deep to try to find a reason for this sell-off. Yeah. I, I mean, they really were. And they came out and said it was because of Walmart's earnings, which is is a load of crap because that's not the case. I mean, you can look at so many other factors right now, but it's not just one earnings report from a retailer, which actually did actually last year report it better and in the consumer discretionary space better than its competitors. But here now this one came out and then their forward guidance for Walmart, they came right out and said, we just don't know. It's a it's a coin flip as far as yeah. what's going to happen with the consumer because of what you just said, 517,000 jobs were created in the month of January is insane, especially in a recessionary environment that we are supposed to be in. Yeah. And it's just not happening. So well, that's what I say. I it's, it's weird, Todd. It, it's just yeah. everything is so, so weird that, you know, you sort of put your finger in the wind. But at the things you can count on, I mean, Home Depot also had bad numbers. But, you know, the other thing I didn't even uh, add in my list, I'm going to add to number 11. The pandemic weirdness is, is really, the weirdest part is the pull forward. So I'm, you you know, Amazon and I hire 200,000 people. Right. Uh, and I can, you know, and, I'll, and I'm paying them 24 bucks plus, you know, so on and so forth. You know, look at every of the big tech companies hired over two, a quarter million people. And now, you know, guess what? They're getting rid of a quarter million people as if the pandemic was going to last for the next 10 years. I mean, we did know that a pandemic with a vaccine was ultimately, you know, going to peter out. That was weird. And, and so now we're a 76% service economy and service prices are, are, and shelter prices are, you know, shelters 27%, services is another 18% of CPI. Just doing the math, there's no way that CPI or PCE was what the, the personal consumption index that, uh, that the Fed used. There's no way that could come down to like, so why would you do that? And then the other thing is historically, as I said, Stock markets that come down because of a rate hike cycle bottom when the rate hike cycle is done, they raise the flag and they say, We're done. Yeah. And we're going to watch and see what happens. Yeah. Um, and we're not close. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about that. That's for sure. Listen, let's leave it there on this block because when we come back after the break, we're going to talk to the audience real directly. We have to be very specific about this, Toby, because they're going to want to know. We just had a selling, some selling to happen on Thursday. Friday, we had some pressure. And then obviously today, I opened the show saying today, it was Wednesday. It's actually Tuesday, February yeah, 21st. I'm so confused. I'm already, I'm already a day ahead. So I'm very nervous about tomorrow already. So we'll have to see what happens. But listen, uh, please stay with us. Thanks for tuning in to Buy, Hold, Sell. We'll be right back after the break. Buy, Hold, Sell brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking, feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. 
I'll also be sharing Business Bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Welcome back to Buy, Hold, Sell, Special Report, Markets and Turmoil. I am your trader, Todd Schoenberger, joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith. And Toby, we were just talking in the last block about why we likely had this sell-off today. The question remains is, what should we expect the rest of the way going forward? You brought up Mike Wilson. He's a he's an, a, um, a strategist who came right out, and his quote was, equities are very poor. This is not a good time to be investing in equities. And with that type of logic, we wonder where this guy was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but now well, we have to only suspect look, they're going to have the more yeah. selling pressure going you, forward. you got to give Mike, though, uh, credit. Both uh, he- he and I, but he was before me, uh, was talking about the bear market of 2022. Um, okay. He called the bear market in 2021. I, 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 we called the market when we actually saw that you know the Fed had no choice. But so anyway, first off, I always like to follow the guy who or woman who was right. I think the stupidest thing I ever seen on Wall Street is someone's dead wrong year after year after year after year. And you know, I'm following you know Tom Dulwitz, right? <laughs> And why would the Fed, I mean, I'm going to use the example of a couple who wants to get pregnant. Well, the Fed knows what they have to do. They yeah. know how to do it. But, you know, does a couple uh, quit having sex after like the first time? <laughs> you, know, you keep no. going. Until the, you, you keep know, going. Until, you got to keep trying. Rabbit's until dead. it happens. Yeah. Until yeah. the rabbit's dead. Okay. Yeah. So the Fed is in that same situation. And, and I, I say that's the Rodney Dangerfield thing. Bullard comes out and says, how can I, with a straight face, answer the question you always ask me is how far we're going to go and not answer the truth, which is we're going to have to go higher and longer than anyone is so far talking about, certainly more than 5%, probably 55 to 6% because of these embedded inflation prices that just won't come out. And and then the idea that, oh, yeah, we're going to start cutting rates in October. Yeah. It was it's such wishful, fanciful thinking. Again, it's all hope. All the 530 hope. things I've talked about. Yeah. Um, and so therefore, so, you know, technically now, if we had our technical hats on here, we're certainly going to retest the 3,800 level. That's the first, you know, support. You look at the 50-day level, the 100-day level, the 200-day level, and the, the algos work on the way down as well as algos work on the way up. So every every algo is programmed, particularly if you're a momentum hedge fund, um, that as soon as you break the 20-day, you take 20% off. And that's what we saw, um, you know, in the last couple of days. And we go 50%, you take 50% off. Uh, because let's let's face it, there's some people who haven't made money in the market in, in over a year. And all, yeah. finally, all of a sudden, God, if you just bought Tesla for crying out loud, you're up 67%. Um, you're going to protect those. You're the profits, you, you know, when you when you've been up for 12 years in a row, you know, you get a little <laughs> a little complacent, but you get yeah. the snot beat out of you for nine to 12 months. And boy, you you know, you up six percent or seven percent. And remember, value stocks were only up like four percent. Growth stocks were up nine percent in uh, January. You're going to protect those things. And the way that the, the you know computers do it is they put a sell stop underneath it and it's a moving sell stop. So if the price keeps going up, the sell stop keeps going. And at some point in time, bing. And that's when you see that waterfall. 
And that's what, you, that's what we saw today. So as an investor, I'm going to assume in the larger indexes that particularly S&P 500 and the QQQs, uh, et cetera, that you're, you know, they're, they're going to test the 20-day. Well, it lost. Now they're going to go test the 50-day and see how that works. And if that doesn't, they go to 100-day, et cetera. And, and then they got to come up with a new narrative, Todd, because the narrative, that's what, you know, that's what just gets me. The narrative three weeks ago was, end in June at the most, cut in, in October. In three weeks, it went from now, mm, you know, we're, we're not going to stop cutting. And, and the only way we're going to stop cutting is if we get to, you know, to 2%. And we can't change the goalposts. No, we're not saying that this is a 3% inflation world. That's not our mandate, right? Um, yeah. So uh, we'll be doing this. If you're at home listening, I'm waving my hands like I'm a hula dancer. Uh <laughs> You know, we're in this range and we're going to be in this range till something breaks. Either, you know, we, we, we get a serious financial, you know, recession, economic recession, and then er earnings, you know, typically go down about 26% EPS and that brings stocks down. But remember, the, but the bond market today, I bought two-year bonds, treasury notes, at, for basically 5% yield that I locked in for two years. <clears throat> yeah. They're at four, yeah, four four point seven percent, and you have the ten year at three point nine. You have an eighty basis point inversion right now, which is typically history has shown us that we are in a yeah recession, but yeah. we're not. Um, I mean, there's every strategist, every economist, everybody. They're doing the same thing. They're they're banging their heads against the wall, wondering how is it that we're in a recession when you have people that continue to. Well, it seems like they're spending money. At least we saw it in the travel and leisure stocks today. You saw them yeah. up. But you have but you have people that all these jobs are being created. And then you have obviously pressure uh, on on wages and we'll see what happens. So Toby, let me ask you a question. Um on the geopolitical side though. We did get some things going on over the weekend. You have the president in Poland today. He did make the uh, surprise stop in uh, in Ukraine. And mm -hmm. then you had Putin come out and he's been you know, saber rattling, saying he's going to nuke the world, blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, so <laughs> with that, I mean, I didn't hear a lot from from Wall Street, uh, from the Wall Street media saying yeah. that, the, that that was actually a risk that traders were taking into account. Do you think that that is a worry? for Wall Street right now? Well, well you know, the the, the uh, Wall Street term is tail risk. In other words, stuff that, that would happen, negative stuff that would happen that nobody could for, foresee. From my years at Fox News, and and particularly in the green room with ex-generals uh, and, uh, you know, people who actually know this stuff as opposed to me, you know, there still is this mutually assured destruction thing. Yeah. And clearly, uh, back channel wise, uh, the world has let Mr. Putin know that there's three things that could happen if you were to attack outside of Ukraine or last much longer in Ukraine. All of them are bad. You tell us which one of these three things, the worst, <laughs> you know, you want to have happened to you. But for instance, you know, this idea of some tactical uh, nuclear bomb, listen, and, you know, we have, I don't know, 565 nuclear missiles, 300 of them are sitting in Germany. They can get to, yeah. to Moscow in, you know, 13 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so th that's not a, a realistic situation. And they and, and, and they would storm, you know, as, as safe as Putin is with his bomb-proof trucks and his bomb-proof everything, um, <laughs> he, he would be melted down. But I, I, I'm, it's it's more the, I think, Todd, I think it's more the issue of how many balls can we juggle at the same time? Um, and uh, we now have, you know, China looking at supplying uh, weapons and ammunition to Russia. The Chinese-Russian axis is becoming more and more of a reality. And, and again, we decided we were going to onshore 
uh, all our Walmart stuff. And, you know, so my, now my cool uh, workout shirt cost me $4 versus like the $20 for the Under Armour one, right? <laughs> but you look sharp. Yeah, thank you. That's inflationary too. I mean, we're missing the point, you know, that uh, if we screw the pooch on the bond market, those rates go sky high. People say, I don't want it. And um, you have all the central banks now taking liquidity out, all the major ones, including the United States. And that is disinflationary. It takes time to work through the system. We all know that now. And that's why we're so, it's it's like a, a psychiatrist couch here. We're we're like, oh, dear doctor, I, I'm so confused. You know, help me understand this. And it's schizophrenic. On, on you know, the first rate hike, you know, remember the, the stocks went down that day and then they went up. Right. And we had the next, you know, the big, uh, another one on a Friday or on a Thursday, stocks go, go up and then down. Then last week, finally, when we got some real numbers on what actual CPI and jobs were, that's when we got the no landing uh, uh, concept. And as long as the no concept is the concept du jour, then that's where I think we stay in, in this trading range. And also, okay. I would add, and Mike Wilson has made the point, and I've made the point and other people have, when we got the bottom, and I, you call it either October or in June of last year, the forward earnings per share EPS multiple was about 14, which is below historic numbers in the last 30 years. So stocks were cheap. That's right. A week ago, it was 8.5, 18.5 times. 18.5, And yeah. um, that's, <clears throat> stocks are expensive. You know, this all made sense. This is your typical, you know, uh, to the moon, quick bottom, hit right. the top, run out of gas, repeat, repeat, repeat. Now, on the other hand, as I say, there, you know, uh, what, who's that guy, Jim Cramer, something says there's a bull market somewhere, I'm going to find it for you. There are bull markets for sectors of stocks. Uh, that have secular, non-secular, uh, you know, tails, wind uh, power tails behind. Let me try that again. And um, hey, look at Lockheed Mary, uh, Martin today. Um, look at Raytheon. Uh, you know, defense. Japan just said we're going to spend three trillion dollars on defense. We haven't spent three trillion dollars in the last. 65 years. Right. Um, that's a big transformation in, in spending. You on on travel, as you mentioned, people have have said again in the weirdness of the post-pandemic world, I don't need any more stuff. I got more stuff. I'm throwing stuff out. You should see we have like a day on once a month out here where you get to put your stuff out there. And <laughs> it looks like the world's greatest thrift store out there. I mean, you were like, <laughs> I just, I don't know why I bought three other beds and two other, you know, all this stuff. So, but yet, what does everybody, you know, in uh, an affluent America want to do? Get the hell out of Dodge. Let's go yeah. somewhere. Let's go travel. Let's go see the kids. Let's go see mom and dad, yada, yada, yada. And uh, that makes sense. Um, and, you know, airlines are cheap. I think Delta's cheap. But, you know, I think, I mean, I'm a, I'm a little cursed on Southwest since I've been knocked off three times. But they... If there's most places in the United States, if you want to go anywhere, you got to go on Southwest. Um, yeah. So, you know, the hotels um, are doing, and then, you know, China reopening finally. You know, we, we own some Chinese hotel companies, but they're running at, you were running at, at 0% occupancy that are now at, you know, 95.5 um, occupancy. Uh, Duncan, excuse me, uh, you know, Starbucks over there, big time, their own um, uh, Lincoln. Co I mean, you know, China and China stocks are cheap. So they're, you, you, you just, you have to look around the world yeah. and see where, where think growth is happening. You know, <clears throat> the, the, the biggest problem we have around the world is everybody I know over 60 years old is retired. The boomers leaving during that pandemic. It was just, it was, you know, we call it Fido. Fuck it. Get me out of here. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm just, 
I'm done. And, um, yeah. you know, Asia's, China's got the oldest population in the world. You know, there's there's some big structural issues that the post-pandemic world accelerated. Um, and, you know, I, I, no one needs a new iPhone. No one needs a new uh, right. laptop. No one needs a new modem. Um, well, and, you know. you're right. Well, in the short term, I would say tomorrow we may have additional selling pressure. The Fed meeting, the Fed meeting minutes come out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so, and we we knew that there was not a consensus on the 25 bit hike in the last meeting. We knew there were uh, there was some cost for a 50 basis point rate hike. So we're going to read a little bit more into that. We'll hear a little bit more of the details of the of that meeting that took place, and that could then help accelerate the selling. Uh, at least in the afternoon tomorrow, but obviously time would tell. But I mean, we really there there really is not a key metric that's coming out or even an earnings report that get moved the needle. So it's really yeah, everybody's going to be relying on those yeah. 10 minutes tomorrow. Chad, you're right. And, and I mean, I just again, just common sense. Gee, yeah, 575,000, 517,000. I'm sorry, jobs created. We have we've raised rates the fastest since 1980, and we're creating more jobs, you know, in one month than we did in, in you know, in three months. Yeah, um, the no landing. I wish I would have invented that because I, 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 I've been saying it, I just haven't had a cute saying for it. There is, you know, when you take people still have to rent houses, okay, rents are coming down, but it, it it's a one year lag, so yeah. Even if we're dead right about everything uh, on terms of the disinflationary stuff, it doesn't show up. And the Fed would rather over tighten. They just won't say it than under tighten it because history will say they were big wimp pussies who didn't do what Volcker had, you know, knew he had to do. And King Volcker killed inflation and he's a hero. And Jay Powell does not want to be the Arthur Burns, the guy who cut rates too fast, inflation roared back. He got fired and, you know, in, in shame. So, uh, you know, I could make a very good argument that 4,100 is a high this year. 3,600 is the floor. And we're going to bounce up and down on that um, until the glorious day. Well, yeah. let's hope let's hope going with that. It's not a crash landing. So we, we want to make sure that's yeah, not I the don't, case. I, mean, but... not, I mean, remember the crash, the, the, the great financial crisis had real, real problems. One day I'll talk about okay. when I was outside the room at the Senate and watched those guys come out after they were told that if you don't pass that tarp thing on monday people are not going to be able to get cash out of their atm do you hear me buster right Uh, and that was a whole different thing and and remember most of the people who owned all those crappy mortgage paper most of it were european banks they we bailed out the european banks because they operated at 50 to 70 some 100 to 1 leverage the united states banks on a net basis weren't you know, nearly that trouble. But if we didn't bail those bastards out of the French, uh, you know, bank system, the whole thing would have come down. So we're well, not, we're not close. Yeah, to we're not even, we're not even there. And that is definitely yeah. a topic for another time. So we'll, we'll definitely want to table that. So listen, let's leave it there, Toby, because I know we're going to be talking more about this later in the week. And I'm sure we're going to have a lot more market action. The volatility is here to stay with the VIX at 23. And I know we'll have, we'll be able to get into it a little bit further. The VIX so we'll 23, see. that's what gets me. It, it used to be VIX 35 or 40. 40. But it's now, higher than it has been, though. It's that's been true. On a relative that's the, right. That's the scary part. So right. there's going to be some volatility. We just have to see if it sticks. But all right. Uh, but tomorrow well, at, will be one of those. Look at our days. energy. Our energy tankers up today. Are we're just looking again at bulk shippers because they you know, the the rates are starting to go up. There are ways to make money here. Uh, and oh, by the way, five percent yield and uh, you know not unpreferred on U.S. Treasury stuff, four point eight. But on a compounded basis, reinvested, it's more than five percent, and you're doing nothing, and it's risk free. 
uh, people have been, you know, for the last 12 years, free money made everybody, you know, a FOMO investor. Uh, 5%, if inflation is coming down and you reinvest, you're not losing money. Yeah. And that's an audience, you know, if you want more information from Toby, he's got so much to say. Go to transformityresearch.com. You can sign up with uh, with him right there and get yeah. all of this knowledge and then some. And uh, I know that a lot of the audience has already signed up with you, Toby. I know they're already, we, we see the, uh, the emails, so they're definitely cool. getting a lot of value out of it so so all right so we're going to leave it there so on behalf of Tobin Smith I am Todd Schoenberger thank you again for joining us today for buy hold sell special report markets and turmoil we will see you later on this week hopefully with some better news take care buy hold sell live brought to you by transformity research did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American-built, owned, and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act, which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American maritime, while also being accessible for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnerships YouTube channel.